0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we have Adala Volto from Zadi, Zadi training joining us. Now, if you've ever thought about franchising your business, what are the hurdles you're gonna be facing? How can you overcome them? All that jazz, then this is the episode for you. You wanna make sure you listen to, as I said, if you're someone who wants to find out maybe about females only fitness, females only fitness studios or franchising and growing a females only fitness studio then you will want to check this one out make sure that you jump on and of course if you need to grow your business so you can go and maybe start a franchise or whatever it is for you make sure you hit us up head over to marketingmobile.com.au but until then let's jump into the show Adala, thank you so much for joining us today. really appreciate you making the time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to start the podcast off with the same question every time, which is if I met you at a party and we were just chatting and I said, Adala, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer?
1: In a party. Oh, at a party, I just say uh, I'm in the fitness business.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about not at a party? Is there a different answer?
1: If if I'm in a networking event, I usually say um, I set up a fitness franchise for females, and uh, we're currently expanding in Australia and abroad.
0: I love that. So break that down a little bit for us. How did you get started in the in the fitness world, and then also the female-only fitness as well?
1: Uh, I've only ever been in female-only fitness, which is bizarre, but it just so happened to be that way for me. That was part of the story from the start. Um, But yeah, it happened after. It was the most unlikely probably career path for me if you knew me in high school because I didn't like sport and I didn't do any, <laughs> like I was active, but like if you count clubbing, I
0: was active. Sure, it just, burns calories, right? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: it wasn't really my thing. Um, I had my children very young and then I was really uh, conscious about my current fitness and weight. I just thought, oh, my God, my body, what's happened? So, you know, obviously knowing that there's certain things I can do to reverse all that. Everything I do, I do with like intensity. So I guess it's just natural. I started to train and instead of just training, I thought I should work here and I should keep doing this. I don't want to stop and do like, I talk to corporate people and they always found it really hard to get to the gym and keep it consistent. I thought, okay, well, it's my chance to choose a new career path. Let's see how fitness goes. And I've been in it since. So that's now 17 years ago.
0: I love that. So what was the transition? So you were so you were training at a female only um, gym when you when you first started training.
1: I didn't choose it specifically for that reason, which is funny. It was literally the, the closest gym, so I thought, yeah, I'll go. And then I met a few girls. So many times, I wanted to leave for various reasons, uh, and I would stay in the first probably three months. But um, yeah, if I hadn't gone to a female only gym, I think the story would have changed a lot. So I went from working in uh, being a customer in that gym to then really, I don't know, I'm very observant. I was always watching how the business was running, all the different positions that were there. I knew there was your membership consultants and your trainers, and I was curious how they all had all these different qualifications and how it all worked And because um, it seemed like every group had their own thing going on within the gym. So I was very curious. And, um, yeah, very shortly I became qualified, became a staff member. They opened a new branch further up, and I... Um, asked for a job there. And um as the girls were getting a bit older, I want to take on more responsibility and was offered a management position within about nine months. And so I took it and thought, yeah, I can run a fucking gym. When I was offered the management position, I thought it was perfect because I had been in management before, but it was more in the retail world and um decided this is great use of my, I guess, talent. I love working with people and leading people, uh, sales and things like that came naturally, but I also did a lot of work on it. And uh, yeah, so that was it. And obviously, I just get bored. So my boredom drives me to do the next thing. Then I was like, okay, now I'm a manager. I want to own it um, one day. And it was always a goal. Then the time came, the owners left, I took over. Then from there, I thought, great, I love being a franchisee. So easy to you know follow systems and processes, but it's boring. I want to set the systems and processes in place. And um, I think I could do a really good job of this and make it. So every item of the business, I could see how it can be improved and obviously some things I can do and some things I know we can get experts to help us with. And then watching the boutique space growing, I don't know, it was a very big decision that came from lots of different inspirations. And at one point I thought, okay, a female-specific boutique studio is really a huge gap in the market. And then I thought, can I do this? I asked a good friend at the time. She's a BDM and she used to come in and help us with our business. And I remember calling her and said, I've got this wild idea. I'm going to put a presentation together. I'm going to approach the CEO of the company I worked for to get funding. Do you think I can do this? I said, just imagine this thing blows up and I become the director of this company. I'm going to kill it. Do you reckon I can do this? And she's like, yeah, I reckon you could do it. And then I did. I just wanted someone to say that, like, to me. I don't know why. (laughs) It's weird. So then I did. I put together the presentation with some help, did a lot of research. I was hoping the things I would find on my research doesn't F up my idea because obviously if the numbers didn't stack up, then, oh, well, can't force it. But yeah, the more and more I researched, I could see that happening progressively like, wow, it's a bigger need than I thought. And then um, went for that. Obviously, I didn't know all the next steps. I had no idea what the brand's going to look like, what the studio would look like, what even the training was going to be. I just knew we're going to be boutique for females, and this is a business model that's profitable. I built that before anything else. And then what goes into it? Like, we'll figure it out. Like Uh, You want to have a party? You don't know exactly the theme. You don't know exactly who you're inviting. You don't know exactly what you're feeding everybody.
0: Yeah, you just commit and then you make it happen. Yeah, Yeah. just
1: for having a party. Uh, so, yeah, was that put simply? It's a long answer.
0: No, it's a good, it's a good answer. <laughs> and you, I think you maybe kind of answered my next question, which is going to be why did you choose to go down a franchise? Was that because you were partnered with the CEO of the other company that was a franchise or why did you go over that, over licensing, over like owning um, like, like, Why was that the case?
1: That's a really good question. Actually, I'm glad you asked because it wasn't that I went to franchising because I was in franchising. Actually, she was avoiding having to franchise this thing because I was in franchising. I always believed that if we had a really good um, team driving a company-owned fitness brand, that you don't have so much coming in from external uh, ideas and watering down your product and offerings and consistency can be met more um, for a premium product. So I actually was always thinking I would not franchise, but I went down the path of franchising maybe the first stage and it was supposed to be in conjunction with that brand, potentially only open to franchisees who apply from that brand that I approve because I didn't want to water it down. And then we open more company clubs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Australia, high costs when it comes to running businesses. So went around and thought of all the different options and I could just see it being really difficult to execute. It had its pros and cons and then franchising started to look like a better option. You've got normal processes and systems and operations you have to build to set up a business that's scalable, but then franchising, you've got to dumb everything down. And I say that, you know, not a, like dumb it down because people are dumb because they shouldn't have to if they've paid a licence fee due to too much thinking. Mm. Um, they should have things set up in a way where I guess they just own it and operate it, but they don't have to be so, uh, they have to be hands-on, but they don't have to be completely absorbed. Uh, in in it that's a franchising sort of I guess challenge but that's the part I'm loving the most at the moment now that we're in the stages of opening up it's exciting actually that we can um, have so much impact on so many people's businesses just by decisions that we make in head office and so yeah all in. Uh,
0: (laughs) And So what was some of because we um, we do marketing for a lot of gyms and I find that like nearly every gym owner once they've got good success, like we help them with the Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising mm-hmm. and stuff, and they, they get runs on the board and they're like, cool. The next thought is like more locations, franchising, like licensing. That, that's the next thing that they want to do once they it's yeah. to get that, They work themselves out of the business. What were some of the biggest hurdles that you guys faced in the realm of franchising? Because I know that um, a lot of them have kind of started looking at it and then they're like, Oh, cool, this is going to get a little bit, uh, it sounds like it's going to freak me out a little bit. What are some of the biggest hurdles you faced in that journey so far?
1: Um, there were some hurdles that, are, that I was expecting anyway, so we'd already planned them. Um, but when I say I wasn't originally wanting to franchise, all that was going on in my head to the public, it was always a franchise model, but I had other plans. But publicly, everything we did was, yep, yeah, we're going to be a franchise model, every supplier, because it wouldn't affect our relationship. It was just going to be easier or, or, or I guess, an option for me. But, yes, yeah, so we, we were already prepared for the hurdles because it wasn't, um, and to to your point, to your question, it wasn't that all of a sudden we changed our mind and decided let's do franchising. Um, so we already knew, and I have a background in being a franchisee and having a lot of work in the head office with um, a franchise network for so many months. Yeah, I, I knew where the hurdles were. It was trying to put the right people in place to help us. I don't want to sound like I'm saying it was all so easy, but nothing has come as a surprise. Nothing's a surprise.
0: So what did you already know was going to be kind of difficult? For those guys that maybe they're trying to pivot now and they're thinking about going towards something like that, what were Mm. the things where you go, these are the problems that we're going to overcome and we already know they're going to be problems?
1: Uh, The biggest one is uh, managing people's expectations. Any business is uh, the biggest problem solver and the biggest cause of your issues Um, so if we anticipate i guess worst case scenario what would someone's expectation be and when i say dumbing things down uh it's the same with expectation we were planning for somebody wants to be able to just what i say build it and they will come scenario so let's work with that if i was a business owner with that mindset a franchisee with that mindset what i need and how we would make their lives easier um, so yeah I guess that was the managing expectations part's always been and still is the biggest hurdle that we we will never actually get over it's a continuous thing and the other one was the female only message in the market uh, that was a massive hurdle that I we plan for but I can't control it I can't control the reality of the market even though you do research and numbers and you build a brand and you put it to the test on launch day I was I think I wanted to throw up every five minutes (laughs) knowing that all these media is coming and we we went all in, like media launch before we even had the chance to soft launch to the public. We did it the other way around. We just brought people in said, tell us what you think and write about it. Yeah, a bit crazy, but that hurdle was a big one and, again, um, I wasn't scared of things not being perfect. It was, you know, a lot of work, a lot of amazing like detail went, went Went into it, and a lot of, uh, I guess, experts um, worked on it. So it was scary, but you know, if you're going to do it, you never know until you're there. So that was that was a scary hurdle, and I guess that's why a lot of people would say they play it safe and start, and then watch their business evolve and decide. Let's do franchising. Let's do licensing. For us, it was always, hey, we're open and we're going to franchise, and we're the next big thing. <laughs> like it was crazy. Uh, that's not usually how it happens. It was a bit of a unique approach.
0: And how did you go about bringing and finding franchisees? Was it because of all this PR and media that you were pushing out there? Or like, how did you start to bring in those, those people, those business owners to get behind and support the brand?
1: Ironically, the press and the PR and the attention only does the opposite. People start to go, oh, like they want to find the holes in your business. Because when something looks sexy, they think it must be smoke and mirrors, but it's shit. Like let's just be like really, you know, I guess conversational, and being a female only product, oh, it must be soft, must be shit, must be you know. So I think it was setting people's expectations to think because it's and the female founder, and I'm quite you know, I would say I don't present like someone that looks like they've just um, spent years and years in the corporate world. So the perception was going to be, this is not going to be, it's not going to have all the legs it's just going to be a beautiful packaging with no fucking substance that's pretty much what maybe some people thought it's worked in our favor because it's almost like people having a perception and then when they walk in and they see the quality they're blown away so we attracted them because they're curious but though every single person was like wow i wasn't thinking the workouts for this grade and i wasn't thinking you know that's what's been really cool uh but we did attract them. Because they were looking for another opportunity in fitness there's a lot of growth in the industry so it's not all about Zadi. they're shopping around so we just do our best to show them how unique uh, we are what an expert team we are and we are pretty cool uh we've done our work i mean it's a bulletproof uh, unless you i always say if you can't make it work the fuck are you doing that's how easy it is
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's epic and with everything that's happened over the last like 12, 18 months with pandemics and stuff like that, have you guys built in a response to that into your model? Or like if, let's just say that all happened again, what happens for you guys? What's the kind of action plan?
1: Um, in the programming department, absolutely. We've, you know, changed, uh, we've got like, you know, uh, workouts that are designed to be minimize or eliminate sharing, equipment, wiping down, blah, 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 all that stuff that's been implemented already. And that'll be rolled across the network when needed. When it comes to the business model, it's going to be, because we only had two studios when the when COVID happened, we can only go by what we did in the two studios, which we took them online, we reduced all our costs, and we minimised the damage so that we can come back and maintain the member base digitally. So it'll be the same thing, but done on a more of a, I guess, it'll be a standard procedure across the, the, the network.
0: Love that. And...
1: And a lot of sorry, and a lot of support from us, of course. We don't expect everyone to come up with their own ideas. We'll be very proactively rolling something out. For example, recently we had another minor event, I think in Sydney, where we had to do the masks again. So even though we have only a small number of studios, the franchises had no idea. We were the first to know. We said, this is what's happening as of tomorrow. This is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to buy it. Um, yeah, it's just the new normal now.
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just getting in front of it before it happens. Love that. And so what's next for you guys? Obviously, you've started rolling out, bringing on more franchisees, growing. Like what's the next 12 months look like for you guys?
1: It's, it will still be heavily franchising activities and product development. Um, so the athletics department, which is our workouts, is getting – I don't like using the word revamp because it means it was crap and we're fixing it. We're just uh, adding more. Uh, to the to the actual athletics offering, uh, we're also doing a lot more fun community based events. All of our work, all of our events and PR, you probably noticed um, involves. Um, I guess not. The, we're not involving our local community as much because we don't have as many studios. So as we see more studios pop up, there'll be a lot more community based events at all the locations and um, involving the public with our brand a lot more and influencing younger girls. In a positive way when it comes to fitness. So that's the biggest goal for the next 12 months and opening more studios.
0: Of course, amazing. And I always like to, as we get towards the end of our time, I always like to ask the same question every time, which is Is there a question that I didn't ask you that I should have?
1: I don't like the word should have. I always correct people <laughs> because they should have. Um, you could have asked me. Or
0: could have. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've just been a smart ass. Yeah. Uh, I guess no. I feel like you've asked me everything that would be relevant. Um, it just depends. It's it's such a broad, I guess, area that we're in because our product affects, and what we're trying to do is franchise to help people achieve a business goal and business dream. And we're trying to influence the local public, females especially, to own who they are and be. Um, although we're a fitness offering, people spend a lot of time in the gym, and it's a it's close quarters. It's a community, so it's a perfect place to influence how people think and how they live and make it more positive. Um, maybe something around the what the brand is and what it stands for I could go into yeah, a little bit more <laughs> uh, because obviously without the customers, you know, we don't have franchisees won't, won't have customers um, and then they won't be successful. So it starts from there and the product itself and the brand itself, what it really stands for and it's a very genuine um, mission. It's not something that we sat in a room and went, what should we be, you know? um i i'm a mother of teenage daughters so i've watched am watching them now going into the interest of buying up all that latest active and following all the influencers, and so i think they need the right information and the right influence so um yeah i think um it's really important to note that we are very passionate about our mission which is influencing females in a positive way and when we we don't want to empower them i think that's a bit of a old-school kind of approach. It's they're already empowered, let them be who they are, give them a space to train and ask for the best product and um, sort of bring them together so they create a community They don't feel left out because our girls are pretty fussy and they get labelled as fussy and all sorts of things, you know, amongst their friends and we applaud that. Be fussy, have standards, you know, get shit done, don't fuck around, Don't don't, don't complain. You know take responsibility so that's the kind of brand we are and i think it's refreshing for females to see that
0: yeah 100 and so if someone's been listening to this and they're like i want to find out more about what you guys are up to where's the best place for them to connect with you online
1: for me personally it's on, on instagram it's just adela.zadi i lost my last name and just put the brand in there or uh, zadi.training or zadi training uh online zadi.com.au and um, We're pretty easy to find on all those social platforms. And, yeah, we'd love if someone's listening and is curious about what we're doing, uh, when I talked about abroad especially, um, you know, what we're planning to do because a lot of uh, inquiries come through someone hearing sort of they like they like to think about when they hear these podcasts that they heard about it through a non-conventional channel and they did their research before anyone else got a chance to. So they can jump on and, yeah, ask about all those things.
0: Absolutely amazing. So guys, wherever you're watching this, listening to this, the show notes above or below, we'll have all of those links so you guys can go and connect online and find out more. And if you know anyone, maybe that they're one of those people who needs that sort of support around them for the community that they're looking to train in, please make sure you share this. Or if it's someone who maybe is, uh, you know, thought about going on their own franchise journey and they want to hear more about what uh, what this story is all about, then please share this as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and Adal, thank you again so much for joining me.